Hi! The episode you will hear right now was recorded as a live episode. So, you will hear that the quality of the audio can be sometimes inconsistent because it's not recorded in a controlled environment. But this also means that you're in with us for a spontaneous ride. You will hear real reactions of the public, of the guests, everything is very raw. Something we don't always get in recorded episodes. And in this specific one, you will hear about how our guests identified their passion, how they turned it into a full-time career, the challenges they face, the power of network, and finally, their advice to our boss babes. You'll also hear at the end our boss babes' very relevant questions. And as I say in every episode, if you enjoy hearing it, your support means so much. So if you share the episode, follow the podcast and give it a rating, you make a huge difference. If you're looking to hear about a specific topic, don't hesitate to use the timestamps. But if you're chill, you have some time, like walking in the airplane, in the gym, or just doing some dishes, I would highly suggest for you to go through the episode without skipping to a specific topic since the live session was well-structured so that the topics transition smoothly one into the other. Hi guys! I'm so happy to see so many of your beautiful faces and Thank you for your time, for making it here. I'm excited for you to discover uh, the story of these three amazing guests. And we're going to get shortly into that. But um, just before starting, I'm a bit curious to know um, who has never heard a pretty grounded podcast episode. Like, never. Don't be shy. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, in case you don't know... Uh, Pretty Grounded Podcast is the podcast that was created to empower boss babes, just like you, um, and through their 20s and beyond. So it's really the podcast that's here for you, for your good and bad times. So it's about managing anxiety, navigating friendships, um, also pursuing your passion. And that's why we're all here. I would love to just do a little introduction. Uh, I have Dina here, very accomplished DJ, plays trance music all around the world, has played in clubs that you all know. Uh, she's resident right now at Rotezone, so you can go and see her play soon. And also other clubs like Berkheim, as you all know, and so on. Amazing. So hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Dina. I am, as No said, a DJ and music producer living here in Berlin. I've been doing music full-time for about six years now. I'm from Toronto. I started there and just moved to Europe after finished studying to continue pursuing music. And I'm really looking forward to any questions you may have if you love music or you just want to do something creative. But yeah, just ask away. Amazing. <laughs> and then we have Thames. Thames is a nail artist and is founder of the Creative Collective of Wellness for queer and BIPOC people. Hi, I'm Thames. I'm from Thailand. My pronoun is him and I'm trans non-binary. I make the business for um, wellness for a safe space for queer people so they can come and relax and feel pretty together. Nice to see you guys. And then we have Cheyenne, a successful model turned entrepreneur. 
Her brand, fashion brand Couture, is live now. Uh, our third and final guest. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I launched my brand just a month and a half ago. And yeah, it's been two years in the making. And yeah, I'm very excited for this new chapter for myself. I've been working in fashion since I was 14. So yeah, just over, God, I don't know, 10 plus years. So yeah, hopefully sharing some insight tonight and how I started my own business and yeah, the ups and downs that I've struggled. Thank you so much. So as everyone knows, pursuing your passion starts with identifying what is your passion. And I want to start with you, Dina. How did you know that music was your passion? Um, so for me, music has always been a big part of my life. Ever since I was maybe nine or ten, I started just writing music and playing just notes on the piano and figuring that out. And it kind of continued with me all throughout adulthood and in my teen years. I was in a band and um, was always like in music class in school. And I just never thought that it could be a sustainable career or something to take seriously. You know, none of no one in my family or my parents weren't musicians. So it was always just like always a side hobby. And eventually, when I was in uni, I was just doing it a bit more regularly and um, realized that this is what I really want to do. And if it's what's making me happy, I should just give it a go. So I think like ever since I was a kid, I always knew that this is something that I loved. I just didn't know exactly what it is I want to do because I didn't want to be a singer. I hate like, you know, being on stage and all of that. I also don't have a good voice. So um, finding music production and DJing as a different outlet was um, a great thing. And it just took a lot of trying and different things. And I even did choir and I quickly quit choir. Um, so it was just experimenting with all different aspects of music and just realizing what works for me. So a lot of exploring, trying things out, although you're not sure where it's going to lead. Exactly. I was just, I love music. I always love to be around music, play music, talk about music. And I was always such a nerd when it comes to like just digging labels and artists. And I just didn't know what it is that I wanted to do until like one day I started DJing because it was the advice of a friend of mine and it just stuck with me. And then you also had a friend who gave you this controller, right? Exactly. It was like, go for it. It was um, like 2017 when I was really interested in the DJ world and I was thinking like, oh, this is really fun. You know, you get to play kind of your favorite music for your friends and who doesn't want to do that? And I just, I had no idea what the technical aspect of it was. I didn't know what a CDJ was, how to use it. And a friend of mine had this DJ controller and they were like, oh, why don't you take it? I don't use it and try it out. And then I just, YouTube was my best friend. I just Googled everything, YouTubed everything. And I just started recording mixes on my own at home and just really for me to listen to on my way to class. and. Um, uploaded a mix and just got booked from there and I I it, like it, I totally stumbled into it by accident I wasn't thinking oh I want to be a DJ but it worked out and I think in the best time possible because I was really looking for a creative outlet I was doing my master's at the time and it was a very kind of um, heavy program and I just you know that was kind of 
my creative little thing to do on the side that really made me so happy and I would just come back from class just waiting to go back and mix a little bit and and also just discover new music and see what I really like and how to express that. I love that. Mm -hmm. This is just like trying out things although you don't know where they lead just exactly. because you love it. Exactly. And somehow you got booked gigs exactly. after gigs and now you've been DJing for many many years yeah and you just don't know like what's gonna work out and what won't and unless you really give it a shot and you try you don't know if you're gonna enjoy it and even if it's something that scares you like I really didn't like to be on stage I know I get a bit shy and introverted and you know DJing is a kind of a different type of stage because you're playing other people's music so maybe it's not as personal but at the same time music production was a whole other aspect of it that I always knew that I was interested in. So the DJ thing was a coincidence, but the producer thing, I've been producing since I was a little kid. So it, it kind of got together really well because I didn't know that I necessarily wanted to do electronic music, um, but it just happened and that was really cool. Amazing, I love that. And Cheyenne, for you, actually. Yeah, I can feel a lot of what you're saying because I also had no background in fashion design or how to even start a fashion brand. Thank you. We want to hear you. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it was really like just having this idea that I co-founded with my husband and our... There he is. <laughs> and both our ideas for the brand and what we wanted to create and the style and the, the niche we were aiming for and everything aligned. So we thought, okay, we have some money, we have some time to just start with something. And yeah, YouTube was also my best friend asking people within the industry that I knew, how did you start? And it's really funny now when we look back on how we started we were literally just knocking on doors like we have this sketch we have this idea like how do we get it done and a lot of people were just like uh go away you know <laughs> like who are you and then you know we we flew to portugal we we're knocking on manufacturing like housing um, houses for fabrics and just like everything that we could possibly try and connect with to be like we want to get this made we have this idea and again they're like sorry we can't help you this is not how you how you start so it was like a year of just like hustling and trying to figure it out and learning as we went until eventually someone opened the door for us and said hey I like what you're doing I'm going to give you a shot and yeah it's a, a company based here in Berlin who produced for Dries van Norton and Game Biha and Lala Berlin and yeah they started to make our first prototypes for us which turned into yeah, the pieces that we have now. It was just baby steps, it grew and it grew. So now, two and a half years later, like we have a full collection and we have, you know, we see people wearing our stuff and yeah, it's really been a journey, but figuring it out, we had no idea, but we got here <laughs> eventually. I love that. And something yeah. also I would like to highlight for you, Cheyenne, yeah. is that you started modeling since you were 14 years old. Yeah. Traveled Baby. all around the world, lives in big cities. And yeah. at some point you said, I don't want to be just a canvas. I want to have my own ideas. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always knew I was creative and like would be inspired when I would go on shoots, you know, and it was such a collaboration between you and model, the photographer, the stylist, I mean, it was a whole thing, which was exciting, but when I was shooting, you know, I was like, ah, oh, that would be so cool to be on the other side and come up with ideas too, or like, I see this in this way, 
And so that was my first insight into fashion, just like, you know, absorbing as much as I could, which really now helped launching my own brand. I've taken that kind of, yeah, inspiration and things that I had learned through modeling and channeled it through my, through my own brand, which was my only kind of education, let's say, you know, my experience. Yeah. Plus YouTube, always saving us here. Oh yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And Thames, I would love to know, how did you get into being a nail artist? What was the journey there? It's really long. Ready? Uh, ready. We're ready. We're all ready here. <laughs> I think I really agree that you will not know how it will go if you don't start it. And there's a lot of fear. And I talk with a lot of people when they start business. It, it away fear. But fear is the great... It's the driver. Yeah. yeah. It's a great reminder and a great sign to explore more. What you fear about. Is it right or wrong, right? But again, you it will not happen if you not start something. And um, I'm 24. I just turned 24 last month. And thank you. Um, don't judge me, I'm Gemini. <laughs> um, I have two Geminis here. Exactly. Oh, which day? June 6. June 17th, okay. Oh, close enough. Um, I, my mom put me in um, business university first time when I was 13, so around 13 to 15. I'm the youngest person in the business university, but I hate it. But um, being immigrant, you need to like try to push and sell everything. So now I learned that if you give me anything, I will try to sell the shit out of it. <laughs> but that, that's one thing that like I learned. And um, for the art, I start by, um, from 16, I start doing photographer and I really love fashion photographer. I came here and then I practice and I want to study here. And then I go back to Thailand because I don't have money. And all my family is in Thailand. So um, I went back to Thailand, but as a queer person, I just felt like I couldn't be myself there. Even there is a lot of um, community there, but it's different. And I felt like I wouldn't get this much of support and people want me to be here as an immigrant, uh, as like people make space for me as a queer community and BIPOC community in Berlin. It's really strong. and But we're struggling a lot. And um, the point that I said is, I go back, I try to do a lot of job. I do a lot of random job to find myself too, you know, because like you are young and um, I'm really glad that like I have a lot of life, like solo life since like really start younger age, like um, alone in China since 13. So um, it's not really a problem for me to um, go somewhere and explore somewhere. Um, I did a casting director. Um, for like advertise in Bangkok in like one year I did and then I still do fashion photographer and um, I wanted to try doing tattoo um, but I didn't have time because you know ADHD start new hobby you need a lot of time um, I hope you guys relate here because a lot of people are, have ADHD um, so after that when I uh, try a lot of stuff I got also do um, part-time job marketing, doing um, online content for um, the makeup brand. And that's, I got the opportunity that like you said, uh, they said like, oh, you're working, doing makeup. I know you like makeup, but you should get certificate, like uh, the first level doing makeup. So I'm really lucky that like they sent me to learn how to do makeup. So I get the certified a little bit. And 
all of this, right? Before I want to move here, I want to come back here and like uh, study film and want to be ethical uh, porn film director. But also when I come back here, I just have to sell everything in Thailand and I'm just like, don't know where it goes. So again, you don't know what it's gonna be like unless you try. And maybe also trying to normalize this feeling of not knowing exactly where you're going. It's completely okay, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah, totally. So um, I come back here and uh, before I come back, I was like, since I don't have money, but I love doing nails so much. Let me just learn how to do nails, like um, just basic manicure, gel manicure from like the place that I away go. So um, I think that like I can just buy the stuff and then I just gonna do it myself. But when I come here, um, I learned that to have the good quality stuff, it take a lot of money and I don't have money. So I just like still keep going to like um, cheap place. But what I learned from that is as like, you are queer or trans and like I have, my wife is trans woman. When we went there, um, either like they asked us, I asked for short nail, like they will ask like why? Or like they will start laughing or like they um, will misgender because it. I don't feel like why the fuck, sorry. Why would um, the place that we want to relax and feel beautiful, why, why we can't just relax as a queer person or as a BIPOC person that like, um, why people in my, from the same culture as me have to make fun of me. I went, last time I went to like um, my regular place and then I found out that like, that worker that I thought of be friend because I'm regular and I would go there. Um, I wear Namilia pants and I went there, they take the picture from the back of me, like one of the worker and just make fun of me on Facebook. And I fall back later and I'm like, I'm done. This is like cultural trauma. Like how the fuck, sorry. Uh, how, um, why people like have to keep make fun of how we dress or like even the nails, like what, what do you need to know why I need short nail? I, I want some short nail and it's fine. Maybe I make um, music or maybe I make women sing. I don't know, but it's okay. So I, from all of this, Plus, like when the pandemic start, I'm just start like okay, I buy the stuff and getting doing nails at home, and then my friend just know that like okay, um, can I come over and like we you do nails for me, and that's where it start to like my main, the main business start when um, it's like kind of correspond from like pandemic and the space that like we try to looking for safe space on this. I I love that you recognize that there was a need for a community to be heard and to be seen. And also, for example, you mentioned COVID, and I remember Cheyenne also, you started COVID, you started actually, sorry, your fashion brand during yeah, COVID. COVID. Yeah, and <laughs> something, we, something we have to say here is that yeah. pursuing your passion is not easy. It comes with a lot of challenges. What were yours uh, starting your fashion brands during COVID? Yeah, just to get it going was the, the challenge, you know, because, yeah, not only were we trying to, like, get something made and figure that out, it was also how do we get it done because everything was just shut down. But it also gave us that space and that time to really develop our ideas more because, you know, where we started, of course, you know, the more we kind of had that space because we couldn't get anything done, we could like, talk about it and, you know, develop the idea further and make changes on our design. So I'm not so glad that we didn't like rush straight into it because we would have 
been a totally different brand now too. So we had that time and space to slowly develop and yeah, get it growing, you, you know. <laughs> Amazing. And for you, Dina, yeah. as well, what were the challenges you saw once you were full-time working as a DJ? Um, I think like it kind of changes depending on where you are, at, at what point you are in your career. But one consistent challenge is just being patient and waiting for the outcome because you could work so hard on something that you love so much and it could take years till you start to feel like, okay, I'm finally at the spot where I need to be for this to A, generate enough money for me to live off of, but also B, get the kind of recognition in your field that you're aiming to get to be like an established artist or established business owner or whatever it is in your area and that is one thing that like you constantly it's a constant practice yeah. just being patient also not comparing yourself to others is That's something a really hard one sometimes. it's so hard and yeah. you know it's so easy because of social media and you see someone who might have started after you and they're like way there and you're like what am i doing wrong but really like one thing i have to remind myself it's like I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm exactly where I need to be. And everything that is meant to be mine is going to be mine and no one can take it from me. And this is something that I always have to remind myself of um, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in this whole, also like in my industry, like the DJ superstar on social media, you know, that just started a year ago and you've been in the trenches for seven years being like, am I gonna make it? And eventually you will because If it's really what you love, you're gonna do it every day. And only by doing it every day will it be sustainable and proper and established. And in some sense, sometimes it's better to take a bit more time because like if I yeah. think back like seven years ago, I'm like, would I want to be known for what I was playing then? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, you know, I have evolved and some of the things I look back, I'm like, that was so cringe. What was I thinking? <laughs> But everything happens in the right time, and that's something that you have to kind of put in the back of your mind. Another thing is like being a woman of color in a predominantly white, male-dominant industry. I think this is something that no matter how much progress we make, we're still way back, you know? It's like kind of, this is the starting line, and white men just get to go first, and you have to sit there and wait and be like, okay, well, I'm gonna go after them. You know, the race kind of feels like it's always ongoing. But at the same time, you know, you have to recognize that right now, like in culture, there has been such an openness for diversity. And in a way, sometimes you will be the token hire just to be the one female on the lineup or to be the woman of color. And what I say is get the bag and run. Like, you want me to be the token woman of color? I will be and I will kill it, you know, and I will just take the, every opportunity, even if like the intention is wrong. At least there are spaces that are opening up. However, there are still so many spaces that are still closed off to queer women of color, all sorts of like different people. Um, and that is something that you have to constantly grapple with. Wow, wise words, I love that. I will remember that for the next months. <laughs> something we don't really talk about too often, but we sort of do is network and the power of networking contacts. For you, Thames, for example, what role did it play in your career as a nail artist? This job saved my life. Like, I... Oh, hello! Okay. Uh, <laughs> I um, didn't know how much this job will make me feel like seen. 
make me feel like I get to do my art for a living every day. And also, I get to see people. I get to hear um, all the clients from different background. And then they just talk. And I have a thing that like, whatever you talk in our session, I'm really get into it. And then, But however, I might forget afterward. But, um, all the conversation and sometimes like the new clients come and then wedding and then they're just talking to each other. I always like have the idea like I should have done podcast because I want to share like um, all of the random conversation in the nail salon, you know. And these are the most interesting conversations, you know, because it's so yeah. intimate. And like, most of my like, clients are DJ, yeah. and then I heard a Whole lot of like um, DJ gossip with the nail <laughs> person. And, oh wow, I don't know. And like that. that's that's how I make the connection too. I I I never like feel like I make so much friends, and because I've been in a studio all the time, all my friends are my client, and actually all my close friends are. Also from client, which I'm really grateful because you know who actually want to support you and be there for you and know that like you want to give them 100% too, you know. Um, regarding to like making connection, a lot of people also like um, asking me or like some client talk with me like how to, uh, what should I do with my thesis and all this stuff. And with like doing art and all of the, a lot of like job that I did, I realize that like everything all I do, I just want to keep doing art for a living or doing what you love from li for a living, you know? And um, I learned that um, the best potential in me is I like to bring the best potential from everything, from like see the good side from everything, see the good side from people or like create a new project. And um, I talked with my client the other day about this too, that um, yeah, sometimes, you don't when you feel lost and you don't know what to do or or like feel like you're burning out from your career. You just like just have a moment for yourself. Close your eyes and just think that like what do you like to do and maybe like make the new something new out of it because this is how I make my business too. I I looking for like photographer job. Nobody hire me. I mean like there is hiring but like just once a month and I mean like it's a big project but I I want to keep creating. I want to have more and more, you know, and this is not constantly and it's not good for my ADHD too. But I was like, fuck if <laughs> if nobody hire me, then I will hire myself. And I love I, that spirit. Like it's really, really good points. That if you don't find a place for you in the company, in yeah. the startup, you say, Okay, I'm gonna do it myself create something new and uh, think about think outside a little bit outside of the box because there's a lot of startup going on right now right and think a lot about like what is your potential see see your best potential um, and if nobody make a spotlight for you just build a spotlight yourself and just try it here and like I'm here love that yeah I love that thank you for saying that I really appreciate it and something also to highlight here is that Shein, for example, we just briefly spoke about the power of contacts and how important it is to have yeah. those people that are going to support you when you need it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for me, it was network was very important. I mean, I didn't have social media when I was younger, but now you know it's such an important tool where we can connect with people without even meeting them face-to-face, -face, which I think is such a cool thing that we have and can kind of, you know, expand our reach and get things going, I think, a lot more quicker. But when I, you know, over my years in, in fashion, 
I did build up a network of people. And, you know, I really believe in, like, if I show up for people, you know, they show up for me. And, you know, it's just kind of ongoing. I never want to take things for granted. And I really appreciate the times that, you know, building our brand, you know, those contacts from the past where I showed up for them, I could pick up the phone and say, hey, I need your advice on this. Or, hey, you know, um, we're about to launch. I need some marketing advice. Can you help me with that? And the response was amazing. And I'm so thankful for, you know, the people that I had made along the way in my career to be there for me and support me. Because, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. I mean, you can't do everything alone. And I'm really thankful that I have my husband to kind of, you know, take care of the other half of things. But you need a team. You need, you need like, a village <laughs> to grow things from the ground. And whether that's through friends or family community. or community, yeah, or through your network, it's all valid. It's all needed. So hold on to those people. Respect it and really like cherish it and put that into your craft to keep it moving forward. It's super important. Yeah. <laughs> Breathe. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We're closing up soon, but of course we wouldn't close up without having some advices that you can give to all our boss babes. Uh, I start, okay. Anyone who wants to go for it. <laughs> I mean, one thing that I really learned was don't take no, you know? Like I mentioned at the beginning when we were going around knocking on doors to get, you know, our things made. If we just took the no at the time, we would have given up already. We wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have my own brand. I wouldn't, you know, have this next chapter if I just said, okay, oh, it's too hard. Never say no, keep going as cheesy as it may sound. There's going to be someone out there who's gonna open a door for you and let you in. So just keep hustling, keep pushing, believe in yourself, believe in what you wanna get out there because it will happen. It may take longer than others, but it will happen. Just don't say no, don't take no. It's like, go for it. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Adams? Yeah? Okay. Um, I think like I at first I want to say like just do it but it's kind of easy and I remember that like with some people or being immigrant or like not coming from like rich family the resource is really like limited you know but as I said like don't be scared and what what you scared if you don't have something and as we said community and connection is really important right it's okay to ask for help. This is what I learned, the big, big thing, like, since last year. People want to help you. Everyone want to help each other, but we don't know what or how to help. So it, it's brave enough that for you to ask for help in anything, and there will have people who, like, yeah. um, have resort enough to give you. And what I learned also that um, some people give me something or, like, the act of service or something, and then... I never have some people that give me like this before and some sometimes it get really impact, you know, and the impact that you give people, they will feel impact and they will want to give other people and they will get inspired the same way how to give and give. So don't be afraid to asking for help. It's really brave enough and what was I gonna say? The last thing, yeah, 
You first. Now I forget one last thing and then it happens. Um, the one thing that I would say if you want to work in the arts or something creative or even just doing your own business, I think it's having a point of view and knowing what that point of view is and applying it in everything that you do. Yeah. Because ultimately what makes you want to do your own thing is like you see a gap in the market for whatever it is that you feel you could fill. So be fearless with that and don't worry about like fitting in or doing something that's already out there because it's popular because it's already out there. Like people can have access to it, but no one can do your point of view as well as you can and really just plug it in everything. Because ultimately when you're working as a business owner or as a creative, you have to do everything yourself from the ground up. You're your own PR person, social media person. Yeah. You do everything on your own. You yeah. have to do the stock. You have to do the dirty work. You have to do the glamorous work. So ultimately doing that with your point of view without the pressure of wanting to emulate something that's already successful yeah. is what would make you stand out in a pool of so many like people trying to do something similar, but they'll never have your ideas. So just don't be influenced. Just really stay authentic to what you want to achieve because no one can do that better than you. And it's so much cooler to like be known for something that you kind of paved the way for than to just be like a carbon copy of something that's already doing well. Because ultimately, they'll just go to whatever they know. But you have something to offer. So don't, you know, just be as confident as you can in that and apply it in everything that you do. And also, you have to do it every day. Like, I mean this, even like when I'm not feeling it, yeah. I'm like, for I'm gonna real, go in the studio to and I'm gonna do bed. it. Yeah. Exactly, because yeah. like, you are your own company, you are doing it's this on baby. your own. Exactly, yeah. and unless you do it every day, it's not gonna have the momentum that you want it to have, and it's not gonna become a career, because you go to your job every day, and that's why the company is up and running. So you have to work on your own company every single day, even when you are just not feeling it and if it's not going well just know that if you don't do it it's not going to change so unless you keep that daily practice that's the only discipline that you need to carry you through yeah i agree on that yeah. <laughs> oh, on these beautiful words say yourself be authentic have your own point of view i don't think we can end more beautifully than that does anyone want to ask a question feel free to jump on that yeah Cheyenne, um, nice to meet you. Nice <laughs> I'm meet Demi. You. Hi. Dems. Uh, Hi. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, you said that in the beginning you kept knocking on people's doors and you kept hearing no. Yeah. And then one day someone gave you this opportunity yeah. to, you know, start. Mm. Um, how did that happen? Like, did you have to pitch them for them to notice yes. you or did they just reach out to you and you just said yes perfect <laughs> <laughs> amazing great <laughs> it's all done um no it, it was it was us approaching them and you know they i guess were kind of intrigued like oh okay it sounds interesting what they want to do like come in for a meeting so we did And, you know, I think by meeting us and getting to know us personally, plus, you know, seeing more of what we wanted to do with the brand, I think, yeah, there was something in them <laughs> that said, okay, we want to give you guys a shot. Like, we're not going to make any money off of you starting out, but it was, yeah, 
was so thankful that they just believed in us. And so even through them, it was a way for us to also learn and grow, you know, because they've been in the industry for like 40 years. So they were able to just guide us through and they knew that, which was great. So not only were they helping us, you know, build our first samples, but they were also kind of teaching us the ropes of this industry. So yeah, we kind of grew into this little family, which was really nice. And we will always be thankful to them, even when we do kind of grow on, you know, to have that initial support. But that came by just, you know, there were many agencies like them that we were writing to and getting tips from other people. And everyone said no, because who, who are we, you know? So it was just, yeah, by not giving up and just this one one woman who was like, oh, okay, come in, <laughs> let's see what you got. You only need one, yes. Yeah, just, right. You just need one, exactly, yeah. Amazing. Anyone have any other question? Um, I was, ew, it's so weird hearing yourself from yeah. microphone. I, <laughs> I was gonna ask if you guys always had your parents' support, or, and if you didn't, how did you cope with that? Like, how did doing what you love maybe affected your relationship with your parents? Can I answer? Yeah. You know, like, um, a month ago, my aunt just texted me, same question for three years now. So, what are you actually gonna do for a living? Like, when you're gonna get the real job? Because um, sometimes, and most of the time, and all the time, you cannot, um, if a person don't believe in you, you cannot just prove them wrong. You, and don't put the time ever to prove someone wrong. If you don't believe in me, get out. Don't waste my time. And I know that it's really hard because family trauma and people always like think that, I have heard like people think that I'm come from like money, family. I just start to be able to buy food that I want last year. And, and that was a big joy. But um, these people that like judge you and will keep critic you, will never see what you've been through in every little step. The first time that I get alone, and I told my mom because I'm getting really excited that like, okay, I want to start this business. It, it gonna be great. She texts my wife that please don't give the money, please don't let uh, Tams loan the money because uh, Tams don't know anything and it's not gonna work. And yeah, but I'm so grateful for like, just focus on the support that you have. And, and sometimes relative is not the, chosen family is not as strong as chosen family if they cannot be in your life if if they judge you for what you want to present or what you want to be even like me being queer too they said it's too much then i will not delete myself for anyone anymore and and i i, I will i will do if you can't see it if you don't believe it i will not have time any second in my life anymore for all this bullshit Thank you. And I think, like, just to add to that, that, like, keep in mind that, you know, whatever that your family is worried about, whether it's like, oh, this is not a sustainable career, oh, this is just a Mickey Mouse job, it's not real, like, how are you going to live? I think, you know, 
once you actually start making a living off of it, like that will just already eliminate a lot of the arguments. But the other, you know, they may still be persistent about like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, especially being like a woman working in nightlife. Like I still get messages from my family being like, is this safe enough to go to? Like, why do you want to work in clubs? And we you know when you studied so hard. And I think like the one thing that, you will always have is like your own happiness and whatever yeah. it is that is making you happy like no one can take that away from you even if they don't get it and my parents didn't get it for a long time initially they just thought this was like a phase you know oh she's just having fun now like she'll she'll get a real job soon and I still get that pushback and it's really important to like stick to like this is what I'm doing so you're gonna accept it and if not then we'll not talk about it if we want to get along. And that's just kind of like the approach that you have to take sometimes. But also sharing that part of your life with them can let them in. Just bear in mind that, you know, parents come from a different generation where money was made differently. And I always tell them, I'm like, you want me to work in a nine to five? Well, your generation, you know, put us in a recession twice. So no one's hiring anyway. So might as well just do what I want to do, you know? And I think after a while, they see you doing well, they see you happy, and eventually they just won't have a lot of these arguments, you know? Aside from maybe like cultural things, which you'll just have to be okay that you'll never see eye to eye. And that's not always the easiest thing, but just know that you'll go to sleep feeling content about your life and your choices. And that's the most important yeah. at the end of the day. Well. We're at the end. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you go home now and take something from our three amazing guests. And uh, thank you to our guests for, for being me. honest so cute. and sharing your story with us. And thank you to Gosa for hosting us here. And as I always say at the end of the episode, stay pretty grounded. Yeah. Yay! <laughs>